you're listening to Innovators Collab, the fun startup podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Eric Melcher. And on Innovators Collab, we investigate a new topic each week and interview some of the most innovative minds in the startup scene here in Europe. My goal is to turn my guest's wisdom into actionable advice that you can use to grow your business. No matter your industry, I'm here to uncover value from my guests by doing the proper research and asking the right questions. And at the end of each interview, we have a little fun where my guests reveal fun and interesting facts about themselves, the stuff you won't see on their LinkedIn profile. If you're new to the show, I'm a marketing geek and head of partnerships at tech startup Bonjour. I'm also an American expat living in Romania. If you're curious about other European startups and what they're doing to scale, gain customers, or things that they do to differentiate themselves, hit the subscribe button because you'll love it here at Innovators Can Laugh podcast. Also, you can play the Innovators Can Laugh game and have an opportunity to compete against other startup folks on Twitter. Just look for the hashtag Innovators Can Laugh. Hey, ICO fans. Today, we're talking about collecting insights from social shoppers. First, though, what exactly is a social shopper? A social shopper is someone who often uses social media platforms to discover products instead of searching for something specific in a browser. And they also rely a lot on social media to make purchasing decisions. And I'm sure every company would love to have more social shoppers. So in today's episode, I'm joined with Michael Hintz, Chief Revenue Officer at Netical. Michael is an expert in the field of social shopping insights and over the years has gathered and analyzed social shopping insights for many companies in Europe. Michael and I discussed the proportion of revenue and by channel that is attributed to social media, the difference in demographics among social shoppers by channel, the quality of a social shopper versus one who came in from another channel, and more. We also discussed what are his recommendations on how to put together a social shopping strategy and insights planned together if a company is new to this. If you are wanting to improve your social media monitoring and insights and increase revenue through social media, this episode is for you. And if you want to listen to this on YouTube, you can find my channel, Innovators Can Laugh, and check out episode number 40. All right, Michael. So I would just love to start with your LinkedIn profile, uh, your title specifically, which is, it says, I eat insights for breakfast as CRO at Netical. <laughs> so so what, what, are your, what were your aspirations uh, for, uh, for going into a CRO? It's, it's not only the breakfast. So that's one of the perks I have there. <laughs> and in, insights don't take too, uh, taste too well in the end. But, but still, it's been something I've been doing for quite a while. So generating revenues for startups is, is something I've been doing, I think, for the last six years. Mm-hmm. And, and with Netical, what we are doing is mainly insights, generating insights and selling what the results of that might be. Got it. Got it. Now, your background is primarily a sales background, also a little bit of yeah. uh, business development. So it's structure-wise, because the CRO role is fairly new, structure-wise, how does that look in your organization? Mm-hmm. So if 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 we look at the organization, so we I, I have kind of a four-tier segment a team. I have a team doing business development, people working with existing clients, 
and two teams who are working on specific industry groups from a classical sales perspective, where this basically CRO role, this might be a little bit different, is, is on the, the lead generation part. We, we do so specific niche products that it's really hard to reach clients with classical classical inbound marketing campaigns. So the, mm -hmm. the main job there, which is covered by this revenue operations part, is highly specific lead generation campaigns done by the BizDev team. Okay. So that, that, it, mm -hmm. And can you tell us more about Netical? Exactly. Um, what does What is Netical and what do customers get excited about when they discover your, your platform? Mm -hmm. So if, if um, maybe a short history where Netical is coming from, it's, it's we're going to be 10, year, uh, 10 years old this year. And it usually, in, in the beginning, it has been initially university spin-off of a few uh, students at the Economic University in Budapest. Mm -hmm. And in, just to put it quick, in, initially it was a, a get-rich-quick scheme. Not, <laughs> nah, not, 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 not really that bad, but our CEO read a paper back then that uh, stock uh, prices and stock development could be predicted based on Twitter. Wow. It, was a, it was a Canadian research paper published on that and what he did uh, was uh, thinking of how can I apply this in Hungary and based on that he developed an NLP engine for Hungarian tried mm -hmm. to analyze Twitter but he didn't get uh, rich quick with that so two reasons uh, the Hungarian Twitter scene wasn't that big and it didn't have a too big influence on the on the stock uh, development what was tweeted there compared to the US or Canada but Based on that was a side, side effect with a nice side effect. He developed an NLP engine for Hungarian, which was a really niche language covered by no one else back then. Mm -hmm. And around that, the, the company developed the further product. So we have this NLP engine, which understands natural language or text. It can detect sentiments or topics or persons in these texts people are talking about. Mm -hmm. And this is used to, for example, analyze social media data or any other textual data um, people might have. Is it customer feedback data, employee satisfaction survey, stuff like that. Okay. And what, what might be a little bit different to others, so there are super good companies out there. Google has a great engine. Amazon has it. Microsoft has engines. IBM do, do have engines to understand textual data. But the thing is they, they rather focus on let's say the big markets, they cover English, Spanish, German, French. That's what they're quite good at. There are other players who are quite good at other languages, like the Chinese government at Chinese, for example. <laughs> so there are some there are some niches we don't want to tap in. And what, what we are doing is we're looking at European, Central European niche languages. So we started with Hungarian. We do cover Romanian, Albanian, Georgian. Uh, Ukrainian, Polish, so all the languages the other players don't look at, plus uh, some really exotic niches like dialects in Switzerland, or we just had a project with Indonesian. So this is our, let's say, sweet uh, secret, uh, working with the things nobody else wants to work with. Yeah. It's so fascinating how this technology can be used to predict certain uh, behaviors, uh, shopping behaviors. I remember about 10 years ago, uh, reading somewhere where they could predict uh, the number of kids that were going to miss school because of code. And they were looking at Twitter and they were seeing the mm -hmm. conversations around flu and code symptoms. And they knew that, okay, in this market, in this place, uh, there's a lot of people who are sick. And so, and so when it comes to social shopping, 
uh, it seems that your tool is able to help retailers or businesses um, predict or uncover insights like sentiment analysis that can help them increase maybe conversions or increase sales when it comes to social monitoring and social shopping. That's that's the mm -hmm. gist of it, correct? Mm -hmm. that, that, that's one part of it, definitely. Yeah. And for the audience, uh, social shopping is, in other words, it's revenue that is that is strongly attributed to social media. So, so Michael, in regards in regards to, to retail, on the average, what proportion of e-commerce are you guys seeing that is strongly connected to social media in the Hungarian market? In in Hungary, Hungary is a quite classical market. So the, the in terms of social media, so Facebook is the predominant source. Twitter is not really um, having a large contribution there. But the I would say as a rule of thumb, it's around 30-40% in e-commerce, which is um, coming either directly through social media or indirectly. And there are some hidden channels, which some people don't even have on the agenda, which are contributing through that. It's not only social media, there's still some active blogs or forums, some niche social media channels, some hidden subreddits nobody knows about. So there are a lot of different channels which contribute to that. Wow. And some of the other countries that you're seeing in Europe too, like Romania and Albania and Switzerland, is it Facebook still the strongest channel for social media attribution? It, 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 it really depends. I think there's, there's a, there's a big shift or a, a big difference in, in demographics. So Facebook, um, tends to be the, the main medium for, let's say, mid age generation 35 ish up. Mm -hmm. Um, for younger generations, we see a strong trend in Instagram and YouTube. So these are the, the strong channels. TikTok is a quite an interesting topic, but it has not been that heavily monetized as it could have been in the past year. So that's that's still a growing trend. Okay. Outside of Europe, are you also seeing these same stats, like 30, 30 to 40% attributed to uh, to social media? Or is it more, um, is it higher or is it lower? So we are mainly working in, in Europe. So there, that's something we can confidently say. Um, in the U.S., it might be quite similar. I'm, I'm not too sure about, for example, the African market. These classical uh, online mediums we might have in Europe, like forums or classical online published media, are not as strong. Social media might be even stronger there, but I don't have exact figures for that. Okay. And just to give the audience an idea of the type of clients that you work with, who are, who are the main types of clients and industries? So usually these are the ones um, so who have a lot of uh, external client interactions and the ones where there is a lot of feedback gathered online. Usually, for example, telecommunication companies are the ones where people complain first online if there's an outage or there was a wrong invoice. So these are the ones who tend to closely analyze what feedback they get, the same in fintech or banking. So these are the companies with a huge amount of clients, millions of clients, even in small countries like Hungary, a big bank might have um, millions of clients. And even if a small percentage of them is voicing some feedback uh, or commenting on them online, it, it uh, can have a significant impact on them. Okay. And you mentioned a little bit about the demographics for each channel, Facebook, 35 and over, Instagram, a little bit younger. What about gender? Does gender play a role? Is it predominantly more male or more female? Hmm? It, or it, it also depends. <laughs> there, there's an int interest, interesting story I just want to tell about one client in Austria of ours, insurance company who wanted to find out where people and especially demographics are talking about them. 
and they didn't see a female contribution on classical channels like uh, like uh, Facebook or uh, Twitter mm -hmm. for their products. And uh, one thing we found out that, for example, the, the female demographic was also talking about the insurance uh, and insurance policies, but not on those channels, uh, but the main source or the main forum for that was uh, a used clothes exchange forum. And uh, this was the main channel where uh, discussions happened about uh, life insurance policies. Wow. So it, 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 it really depends every, uh, I think every age group, every generation and every uh, other demographic group have their niche forums, yep. uh, which needs to be checked and monitored. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I work in SaaS and we do know that we get a lot of uh, customers that come from different Slack communities, also some Facebook groups, mm -hmm. and then also... Uh, these other, like you mentioned, subreddits as well. We do, we do get some traction there. What is the quality of a social shopper versus one that comes in from like a, a traditional channel, like paid search or even organic? I'm just trying to get in a sense of, is there, do they spend more? What is the quality of a, of a social shopper? Mm, I, I would say a social shopper even tends to be more educated and informed about a product um, before they even visit your online shop or send you a request mm -hmm. or or press or add something to their cart. So they usually are the ones who first uh, try to be informed in classical sources. Then they might ask for feedback on social channels. So is this product good? Would you recommend this? Do you have any ideas? Which, which I don't know, phone plan could work for my current setup. And after they gather this information, they, they will contact you first. So they are informed. They more or less know what they want. Mm -hmm. And based on that, it's, that's, that's something I see as well, because we are a SaaS platform as well. The ones who have been, have informed themselves before make a much easier uh, purchasing decision and a higher qualified. Okay. Okay. And let's say a company does not have any sort of social commerce strategy put together. What do you suggest is one of the first things that they do to put, uh, you know, everything from deciding what platforms to monitor from how to structure their team or who to put on that team. And then also the different tools that they can use to monitor social media, you know, for, for mentions and, and sentiment analysis. Can you just kind of, what would you be your recommendation for a company that's seeking to do this from the, from the start? Mm -hmm. So if, if they don't have anything in place yet, kind of a, a listening tool usually helps setting up um, a very simple social listening profile for their own brand and for one key competitor is something everybody usually does in that stage. And uh, based on that, it's um, at the beginning rather reactive. So they, they see something happening and they can react onto that. If they want to proactively work with that, identify niche channels or sources where they can put more ad money, money on, then they have to take one step back. Would be my recommendation, uh, have an internal workshop, build a ideal customer profile, build personas if they don't have done that yet, if they haven't done it yet. And based on the personas, try to identify channels which could work for different personas. As you said, we might have different demographics. So you want to target the younger generation, I don't know, below 20 with uh, with mobile games. Um, if you're a mobile gaming ga company, most likely you already have done this strategy. But if you want to tap into that source, build the persona first. Mm -hmm. And based on the persona, try to identify what could be a channel and then start either monitoring this channel actively or monitoring competition in this channel actively. And 
try to replicate what others have been doing successfully. So if you don't have anything in place, copy what others have done well. Okay. And when customers do complain, I read somewhere that it could be 10 negative complaints for every positive complaint. What negative negative sentiment or negative questions or negative comments are the ones that are primarily occurring across different industries? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, usually there are there are two categories, one or, or three. Let, let's put it let, let's say three, which are which are the most common one. Uh it's it comes down to product, the service, and to the price. So these are the ones uh usually clients complain about, so as as main categories. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if you have a good price, if the product is working well, if there's a bad uh, service experience or the customer experience um, has not been ideal, then a client might uh, voice their uh, negative opinion online. So that's that's the most critical part. Price is something which usually can be can be compared and assessed before the purchase. So that's not um, the main concern. But this is something which is happening, for example, if there if there's a price increase for a mobile plan or another charge for, for banking services, then this happens for existing clients. Okay. And product quality, that's case by case. It might be an outage, it might be a software bug. Of course, that is voiced. And these are the things where company can react to really, really fast. So if these listening or channel monitoring is included in, for example, development sprints. Then the company can immediately react to that, says, "Hey, we are working on this bug. Uh, thanks for mentioning it." And this even helps to um, strengthen the positive uh, image of the company towards the clients. Okay, and uh, you mentioned for companies that are new to this uh, to try to replicate other companies that are having success. Uh, can you give one or two examples of brands here in Europe that are doing a really good job of monitoring social media activity, staying on top of it? and having a good strategy in place. Mm-hmm. So I think there, there, there are many, many positive examples of that. And I think one, one, one thing we see in some countries is that in case there's um, a negative, negative trend or the overall sentiment changes um, drastically, there's one measurement every company or every company we work with users are in the retail segment, especially are giveaways and raffles or price competitions. So that always works. There's always a positive spike for that. For example, we saw that recently with the um, Coca-Cola company where there was there was last year the Euro Championship when Ronaldo refused to drink cola, put it away. <laughs> That's uh, right. <laughs> uh, went, for the, went for the water instead. And uh, this immediately led to a, rec- a recognizable drop in the overall sentiment, oh, wow. overall opinion about the brand. And some local cola affiliates, I think like in Norway, they did this quite well. And in Hungary, they started with giveaways and raffles and competitions for that. And this helped to bounce out or uh, get out the bump of this negative sentiment development. Wow. Yeah. The effect of one person's action. And it was a split second, you know, decision that he made that had profound impact. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, so before we go here, I like to ask my guests a few fun questions about their personality. The first question that I have for you, Michael, is you have to fill in the blank on this. Okay. So instead of a fear of failure, you have a fear of blank. Can you fill in that blank for us, Michael? Okay. Fear of failure, have a fear of um, 
failing twice with the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think most people have that fear um, as well. Okay, failing twice at the same thing. Okay, and then another question for you. If you could only do one of three things, let's pretend you're on a deserted island and you could only do one of these three things. A, garden. Uh, B, cycle. Or C, play an instrument. Uh, which of those three three things would you like to do the most? On a deserted island, I think a garden would be the most useful. <laughs> 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 yeah, if you're on a deserted island, but I read somewhere that's one of your hobbies. And uh, yeah. <laughs> are you growing anything specific? I, I started growing uh, wine grapes recently, but uh, not good enough for wine. So I'd rather buy a bottle. So it's <laughs> as, as a snack for the kids, it's good enough. How do, you, how do you know if it's not good enough? It's not good enough for you? Or, or did you give it to somebody and they said it sucks? <laughs> no, no it's, 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 it's the whole process of fermenting and putting it to barrels. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have the energy for that. And others do that way better than I would ever be able to do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Michael Hintz, where can people learn more about uh, Netical uh, and where can they go to and also learn more about you? Basically, they can go to netical.com uh, or just chase me on LinkedIn. I'm really happy to connect uh, if they want to learn something about me. I think those are the easiest channels to find me and the company. All right. Fantastic. Michael, thank you so much for being on the show. And I uh, really, really enjoyed having you. Okay. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Eric. It was a pleasure. What a fantastic episode. There's really a lot here that a company can benefit from. Michael is really an expert when it comes to gathering shopping insights online. My favorite takeaway here is that at least in Europe, the quality of a social shopper outweighs those who come in from other channels, along with advice for what steps to take if you want to start monitoring and acting on social shopping insights. Another thing Michael and I talked about is that the demographics can vary greatly among different channels like Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. I've included links from this show on the ICAO website and newsletter. It's number 40 if you forget. And if you enjoyed this topic, feel free to give us a review. As always, thanks for listening and keep hustling out there. This is Eric signing off. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review and star rating. Also, don't forget to sign up for the ICO newsletter at innovatorscanlaugh.com where you can get the bio and details of each guest. Thanks.